What you looking at? Yeah, I feel so good to be black right now. Welcome to episode 84 of the Black in Fashion podcast. We are just moving right on up, guys. Isn't that amazing? So I'm actually going to make today's podcast pretty short and sweet. Um, as I was doing an inventory again of the podcast, I realized like that I don't have an episode on like HR, operations, creating like standard operating procedures throughout your business. So I just wanted to give a couple little quick tips about things that you can do and create within your business and some things to kind of look out for, think about, you know, in the midst of actually creating your businesses and stuff like that. So just a couple things that we should have in place. And when it comes to operations, you never really think of things until they start to occur. And then afterwards, you try to figure out how to like find solutions. And of course, I cannot start any episode without acknowledging our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Thrifty Girl Online. Very chic quality and affordable fashion. New styles dropping every week that will have your wardrobe amazing for this summer. They accept Afterpay, Zazzle, QuadPay, and Klarna. So there's no excuse not to shop. Our second sponsor is the Shop Brownstone. The Brownstone Experience is a wellness, fashion, and beauty essence experience inside of the black women community. They're currently sourcing black-owned designers to add to their monthly collections. They're open to building creative partnerships with black-owned products, brands. Um, they party... They but they understand the old retail model does not work for both parties and are ready to create a new and innovative approach to meeting clients. So let's dive right in, guys. I'm not going to take too much of your time today. So... Let's start with operations. As you start to grow your business, you'll notice that there are going to be a lot of things that starts to happen throughout your business, and you're going to need to make sure prepare to prepare for them. One thing I would say off of uh, back that you got to have a very, very strong policy when it comes to returns, exchanges, and credits. It needs to be very, very clear. So this is something that should be listed on your website as well. Like you, if your policy is within seven days, 14 days, 30 days, however you want it to be, if you don't actually do refunds at all, make sure you list that out in really, really bold uh, caps. They should also be listed on any receipts that you give. It's just going to cover you in the end because often sometimes when you're working with products and or services, you know, if someone is unsafe, satisfied or someone wants their money back, you need to have an operating procedure in place so that that way you can still retain the relationship and still make the customer happy because they may come back in the future. So you don't want to, um, like I would say, you don't want to burn any bridges and you definitely want to make sure that you're creating a complete customer service experience. Now, when it comes to refunds, if you have a strict refund policy, it's probably a good practice to have something in place where if they don't utilize the current service that you could offer them somewhere else where that credit can be applied, i.e. if it can be applied to another a product or a course or something else, or they just want to circle back later, let them know that the credit doesn't expire. If you want to put a certain expiration date on credits, you're welcome to do that. I do think that when you do put expiration dates on credits and stuff like that, that it does deter the consumer for continuing to wanting to do business with you. So it's probably a good idea to just let credits, you know, just, you know, don't have an expiration date on them. I think that when it comes to the communication with the clients and your policy, make sure that you're also reiterating it um, when you start the services as well as during the services so that they are very clear. This is specifically for people who have a service-based business. Another thing that I want to talk about is as you grow your team, these things can get misconstrued because they may give you different information. So what you might want to do as a standard operating procedure is create a manual of some sort that has everything that 
that you do as a business. That way you have a reference guide or a training tool that can be utilized as you continue to grow your team. Um, with certain businesses, there is always, oh, well, this person told me this or I spoke to this person and they said this. But if you have a standard operating procedure and a manual that everyone is following, there is no in-betweens. Um, in communication to clientele. I've seen it happen a hundred times. And of course, you know that in the black community and in black businesses, we often have a very bad reputation for not, you know, create doing our business structures right and um, not having the best customer service. So just to eliminate those things in your business, just make sure that you pre-planned for those things. Uh, things will always come up and you might have to continue to update your manual and change things around and update your policy online. So it's very important that you keep very, very descriptive information on your website, on your booking site, even on your Instagram. So anywhere where you're selling products that includes Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, anything where there's products, there should be all the information about your business. Another thing that I wanted to discuss is um, HR needs. As you grow your business, you will have more employees um, within your business. There will be times where employees don't necessarily get along. You have to have a system in place where you can mediate those two employees may not be getting along or if there's things that are being done out of conduct, um, you can definitely create a code of conduct. Um, this is something that I've had to do in my business so that everyone knows what the expectations are from the beginning. It's very important that you have things like this in place because when you don't want to wait until after things happen to figure things out because at that point it's all lost. So it's okay to have a relaxed atmosphere within the workplace, but you definitely want to lead by example and make sure that you're, you know, doing all the, the correct things because they're only going to do what they see you do. So if they see you, you know, coming in late to work and you not exercising discretion with the employees or with the customers like that, your team is honestly going to pick up those same traits and those same habits. I can honestly sit here and say that this is something that I struggled with in the beginning with letting the atmosphere be too relaxed. And as I grew the business, I had to create a code of conduct. I had to create an employee manual down to how to even ship out a package in standard in standards when shipping out packages. Um, I didn't realize that not everyone knows how to pack a box correctly. Not everyone knows how to tape a box correctly. And I had gotten complaints from clients, like I received my goods and it was um, the box was tore up and it was halfway open. And when someone's spending their money, they don't want their products to come to them like that. So you really have to start at the, the ground root of things down to even showing your team or showing the person that's working with you even how to how you expect a box to be packed, you know, and I've even gotten it down to like, I want black tissue paper at the bottom. I want a layer of plastic. I want it folded this way. I want a ribbon this way. I want to tape this way. Like all of those simple things that we don't always think about in the beginning does affect our business with our clientele. Um, another thing is even down to email communication. I recently did a legal training with my team so they could understand the things that they can and cannot say to consumer to customers. That's something that you want to have in effect is verbiage, how you greet them, how you talk to them, how you answer inquiries, how do you deal with customer complaints. There also needs to be a standing operating procedure for that. Um, it's good to have a lawyer in your corner, someone that can help you out when it comes to contracts and policies, whether it's in 
internal or external, um, it's good to have all of that information in the same place. So for example, for myself, I had a client that, you know, wanted to pursue legal action and, you know, she wanted to not even pursue legal action. She wanted her items to her and those items were not finished. And I let her know like, Hey, they're not finished yet. And then as you can see from your contract, you know, we didn't actually give you a time and when it would be finished. So technically we still have to finish everything. And I get it that you want it, but we can't give it to you. So I told her that she could sign a termination of contract form. So when I told her that she could sign the form, of course she didn't want to sign it. But then if I just gave her the goods and let her take everything, she could and then sue the company for not actually fulfilling the needs of the contract. So um, later on that day, I, after I told her I was not going to give her the merchandise, um, she came back with the police and she showed up at my studio with the police. And, you know, we explained the situation again. I pulled out the contracts and I'm just like, I don't have a problem giving this lady her stuff so she wants to cut all ties, but she has to sign this termination of contract release form because I don't want to be sued later. I don't want to get a refund. I mean, she could try to do a chargeback on me, anything like that that would disrupt the business. So if I didn't have that contract release form in place, there, it could have been a completely different story. And even with the police, they agree with me. They're like, you know, absolutely, like this is the correct way. If you don't want to sign that, you will have to take her to small claims court in order to get the merchandise. So as things arise in my business, I've had to shift and do different things to, uh, you know, to make sure that I'm running everything effectively. So, of course, that's the whole point of doing this podcast is from you guys to also learn from my mistakes and also learn as I'm learning and that way I can share the things that are going on, like from the back end that, you know, people don't always talk about. Um, also, from an HR perspective, I want to discuss letting people go. I recently had a conversation with another business owner who let someone go, and then that person is now trying to sue her because she feels like she was wrongly let go. Now, if someone, you're working with someone, and they are not living up to the performance that you expected, you have to make sure that initially when you bring them on, they sign a contract making them an at-will employee, meaning that you can let them go at any point for any reason. So if you don't have that in place, that's also something that you can get locked up in legal fees for and spending a lot of money and time dealing with because you didn't actually have the right information given out at first hand. When you bring someone on board, whether they're a W-2, a 1099, an intern, you're now working with someone in the business. And most of the time when you let people go, they are pissed. So they may do things out of retaliation because they're upset. So it's good to make sure that you're also protecting your business and you're protecting yourself from all of these headaches as well. So make sure that when you bring someone on board, you give them an offer letter, they must sign it. And if you get to a point where you want to let them go, you also should be documenting things. Um, for me, I always document and I keep a file on every single employee that I have. So anytime something goes wrong, I, you know, we'll have a conversation about it. It may be a, a verbal warning. It may be a written warning. And then once it gets to that space um, where I feel like I have to let you go, there is no surprise because I've documented every single thing and we've discussed it and it's been put into your file. So I think that's nothing, something else to definitely like keep in mind. Um, I think that HR is super duper important and you may want to get someone else to help you with this. This does not have to be a full-time role. This can be something that's part-time. My HR manager slash operations manager is actually my best friend because I trust her. And um, 
you know, we have a working relationship and of course we have a friend relationship. So we know how to set those things apart, but she was thrown into this role with no experience and she's had to figure it out as she goes. So as she's learning to be in this role with no experience, she's done an amazing job at it. So don't feel like that the person that you have helping you with these things has to be somebody that's super duper experienced. I asked my friend for help. She said she helped me. She started researching and now she knows a lot about HR. She knows a lot about operations and she's put a lot of different systematic things things in place to be very helpful for the entire business. Um, it's also great to keep up with any communication as far as it goes with your employees um, when it comes to, you know, PTO, when it comes to vacation time. Um, we're, we've initially have, we just recently started doing summer Fridays. People want to know, are they still going to get paid for the whole day, even with the hours being cut? You know, what is considered part-time? Is your part-time considered 35 hours a week? Is it considered 37 hours a week? Is it 40? So you definitely want to have all that in place. Holidays, like is it paid out to full-time employees only or is it only paid out to part-time employees? So these are all the different things that I just wanted to kind of go over with you guys really quickly and just give like some advice on them that I think will be extremely helpful as you continue to grow your business. Um, I don't think I really have anything else. I think those were the just, just make sure you have SOPs, which stands for Standard Operating Procedures. Make sure that everything when it comes to HR is in effect. If people are being tardy, you need to be documenting it. You have to have a, a plan of action in place if someone has a certain amount of tardies. You definitely want to keep in mind that you definitely should keep a mediator in and you also might want to do things outside of the office to build uh, like a, what they call they call that um team building so it's always good to maybe you know maybe go to dinner with each other or do lunch with each other or just do different activities outside of work that will bring teams closer together and your team could be two people or your team could be 20 people it really doesn't matter so I think that um, I've covered everything from HR and operations and standard operating procedures to down to customer verbiage and what to say and what not to say so um, I think that that's it guys so I was like I didn't want to keep you too long on this podcast. I just wanted to give out a you know, couple brief little tips that'll you know keep you going and just get your mind to open up to the different things that you probably should set in place for your business. So just to run that back down, you know, PTO, uh, make sure you have a tracker, like when it's being used and um, make sure you have SOPs in place for sure. Like when you're starting to do stuff, that needs to be internal and external things. And don't feel like I say you need an expert. A lot of this stuff you can honestly figure out and find on Google. Um, just make sure you uh, do your research. Um, take your time. Think about all the different scenarios that can happen. But as I said, some things you just won't know until they actually occur. And once they occur, you'll know exactly what to do. So I just, before I get out of here, I have to make sure I acknowledge our additional sponsors that we have. Make sure you guys check out Kara Kinks. It's a hair rejuvenation oil that helps promote healthy hair growth, decrease split ends and breakage. The aroma is divine and your scalp will shine. Check out Street Politicians. It's more than just an apparel brand. They are a brand that's here to represent a positive image in their community that everyone does not see. So hope that this was quick and super duper informational for you guys. And as I always say, stay black. Peace out. If you have additional topics that you want me to cover, make sure you drop them down in the comments and we will definitely get to them. So you guys have a an amazing week. Peace out.